Hey everybody, Jeremy Markovich here. Two quick notes before we get going. First, this podcast has a new home. It's now part of the North Carolina Rabbit Hole, which you can find at ncrabbithole.com. There you can check out previous episodes of Away Message. You can find any new episodes that we're putting out. And if you like this podcast, I think, no guarantees, but I think you will like my weekly newsletter. It is about weird North Carolina stuff. Comes out every Thursday. It is free if you want it to be. And you can sign up at ncrabbithole.com. Second, this episode was produced during my time at Our State Magazine. Now, I happen to think that most of it still holds up, but some of the promo codes and websites that I mention may no longer work. Okay, here's the show. And so it begins the descent to the lower North Carolina wall. On May 7th, 2016, Jeremy McWaddy and a group of friends are in the Linville Gorge, a rocky, steep canyon about 45 miles east of Asheville. It's a beautiful day, clear, sunny, windy, and at a certain point, they leave the trail and go to a place that most of us cannot, and maybe should not, go. Well, so we're on our way out to the chimneys, and uh, to the Sphinx. The whole reason for that trip that weekend was to go to this rock formation just south of Table Rock, and it's down off trail on a steep incline called the Sphinx, and from certain angles, it kind of looks like the Sphinx over in Egypt, so it's it's gotten that name. So I've been looking at it for years from across the way and from above it, and I wanted to go and had some friends that knew how to get there, so that was the plan. Should be a fun day. Got a pretty good crew going. And uh, looking forward to it. So we start off and you go, you know, you got an easy little stretch out past the chimneys and then you start down what they call Mossy Monster Canyon. And this thing's rugged. I actually think it's the most dangerous part of the hike. Oh yeah, we All that part's pretty uneventful for the most part. You get to this area where you have to climb this like little six foot ledge to continue on and then or else it's just like a straight drop off. Is that everybody? See me? Yep, yeah, we're last. I'm in the back. What I didn't take into account was it was really windy that day. and um, But we had this big 800-foot wall called North Carolina Wall sitting beside us to the left. A gust of wind hit that wall and ricocheted back and blew me off. I ragdolled 300 feet of distance, about 200 feet of elevation, down the side of the mountain, off a couple of ledges. I know... The last one I went off of before I stopped, thankfully, they said it was about 30 feet. I remember there's another bigger fall down there that's probably, I don't know, 75, 100 feet if I had kept going. But I remember before I went off that 30 foot one, I was like, oh my God, that's it. And I was like, so I reached out and grabbed this little pine tree and the, and the thing uprooted with me. And I remember like in midair looking at this pine tree and going, oh well, <laughs> and just kind of tossed it. <laughs> Like, how aware of you of what's going on and, like, what potentially could happen to you in that moment when you're falling and you don't know how you're going to stop? I mean, my first thought was, well, this is how I go out. Just put your head between your legs and kiss your butt goodbye because this is it. And you're done. And, you know, and I just continue to tumble. And I remember I'm just hitting the ground and in the air and hitting the ground. And then I'm, like, airborne again. And then I hit the ground and then I'm airborne again. And then... And I'm like sitting there just smacking my hands out, trying to grab anything I can, and there's just nothing there. There'd been a fire there in 2013, so everything's just charred. How long were you actually tumbling? 
I think they said it was about 45 seconds. Totally was aware that, you know, this is really bad and I'm, and this is, I'm probably not going to make this. And once you come to that realization, at least for me, it was kind of like, okay. When you stop and you go, you start checking yourself and I knew my knee was just in bad shape when I touched it and I was like, oh my God, what do I do now? Just take a second to think about everything you just heard. Jeremy was trying to climb up on a six foot rock wall when a gust of wind literally lifted him up and blew him off. Then he tumbled for the better part of a minute along one of the steepest slopes in the gorge, following the equivalent of 18 stories down a mountainside, hitting rocks and charred ground. He fell off one 30 foot cliff, then stopped just before falling off of another one, a fall that would have killed him. His knee is shattered. His leg is broken. His friends are high above him. He's alone and he can't move. It's something you hope never happens to you. But when it does, yeah, what do you do? That is the story that we have for you today. The story of a freak accident and a risky rescue caught on tape. It's the story of the Linville Gorge, beautiful and unforgiving. A place that people fall in love with and a place where even the most experienced hikers can find themselves in big, big trouble. Well, we've had a bad accident up here. Carolina backpacker slipped and rolled down the mountain. I saw him go. Hey, 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 easy now. Easy now. First time on the scene, I was down here. He was not in good condition. Man, that guy is tough. He is lucky to be alive. From Our State Magazine, this is Away Message, a podcast about what you find in hard-to-find places. I'm Jeremy Markovich. Now, from the news team that's covering the Carolinas. Before I started working for Our State, I was a TV news reporter and producer in North Carolina for almost 10 years. And one of the things that always made for a dramatic story, a thing that happened with some regularity, was a rescue in the Linville Gorge. At Linville Gorge, Chopper 9 SkyZoom brought you live pictures of the National Guard pulling a climber to safety. And now the folks up above are lifting them up. A couple of times a year, a hiker or a climber would get stuck or get lost or fall in the gorge. And when rescue crews went out, all of the TV stations would launch their helicopters and cover it. Then another rescuer swung in again, fighting the wind. The pictures were always pretty unbelievable. The whole thing is set against these sheer rock walls, up against cliffs on these steep slopes. You don't need to say much. You can just watch the rescue crews doing what they do and know how dangerous it all is. And after a certain amount of time, the people who needed rescuing were rescued. And the chopper would come back, and that was usually it. They're calling this mission a success. But those stories always left me curious. Linville Gorge is pretty remote and rugged, but there are a lot of remote, rugged places in North Carolina. So why there? Why were so many people getting into so much trouble so often in this one particular place? First question is the easiest, which is, I just need your name and what you do. Okay, my name is uh, Michael Willis. I'm the emergency management director for Burke County, North Carolina. How many times a year do you think you get calls to go out there and, and, and help somebody? I'm saying around 70. 
some years it's as little as 30, and some years it's as many as 100. Park 911, you need police, fire, medical? Uh, I don't know. We're, we're hiking and need a rescue. A lot of those calls go like this. All right, is anybody hurt or injured? No, she's, uh, she made it back to the staircase. There's a staircase about halfway, and she literally can't take another step. Her legs gave out, and I'm afraid if she tries to take another step, she's going to break her ankle. I mean, she, in that particular call from 2017, medics helped out a woman who had trouble on the trail near Linville Falls. The only part that didn't go smoothly was a lack of understanding from the caller's dog. Hey, Beerus, go lay down. Come here. You don't understand, do you? The vast majority of our calls are just people that's not real sure where they are. They either get off trail, it is a wilderness area, so it's not very well marked by design. When hikers do get lost, they often find that they have cell phone service. And I finally got a signal. I've been watching as I've been walking the trail back to see when I got a signal. As soon as I got it, I called. And that can make people a little overconfident. Just having your cell phone out there, just because you're calling from a cell phone, doesn't necessarily mean that like 911 or rescuers will know exactly where you are because they can figure out through your GPS or through triangulation or something like that. Right. It does not work that way at all. In fact, we had one this week that the cell phone was pinging a single site. So GPS coordinates we were getting off the phone was actually a tower. Now, here's the thing. I've been hiking and backpacking in a bunch of spots around North Carolina, but I've always found the trails to be fairly well marked. I've never felt like I was going to get lost. And, and this is the big one, in all of my years here, I had never been to the Linville Gorge. So I went on a road trip. All right, I am driving on this long gravel road up to the top of uh, the edge of Linville Gorge, and I'm about to go on a hike. Hey, you Kenny? You Jeremy? Yep. Yep, I am. Guilty as charged. Well, look at you relaxing. <laughs> hey, brother. In your hammock. My guide for the day is Kenny Fleming, who's at the trailhead in a hammock, drinking up Miller Lite, at 10.30 in the morning. I don't think I drink beer. I've been up since 4.30 this morning. So oh. this, is, this is like this is like. So morning. this is like two o'clock in the afternoon for you. Absolutely. It's, it's drinking time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two things you need to know about Kenny. One. I'm from here. Yeah. I'm about as Burke County local as, as Burke County gets, man. Nice, nice. And two, Kenny is friends with everybody, even with people he's just met. That What's is. your name? I'm Kenny. Kenny? Kenny Ray on the forum. Man, it's a pleasure to meet yeah, you. Yeah, man. So you get to spend a lot of time here. Oh. Well, it is a I have been, place. I have been up this mountain, and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating you when I tell you this, because I've been coming here my whole life, probably, probably a thousand times. Kenny and I tell our new friends goodbye at the Wolf Pit Trailhead, and we start off. Here we are. Immediately, yeah. it's steep. We're going up. We're all at, well, it's always up in Limbo Gorge. <laughs> there is no, there is no. There's no flat. No, there's very, very little flat. What do I need to understand as I'm hiking along here about the gorge versus other places? Main thing, it's a federally designated wilderness area. There's less signage. The trails aren't maintained to the level like a Appalachian trail would be. And the, the main trail is pretty easy to figure out, but it looks like almost like a little, what appears to be a side trail over here. Now these are, and you'll find these all over the gorge. We, we call them social trails. Uh -huh. People will use them for, if they want to get a little privacy or a bathroom break or there's a campsite or a view out there and it just kind of 
-huh. you know, it, 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 the trail just kind of develops, yeah. you know, on its own. Uh -huh. And due to the lack of signage, which that's what a wilderness area is supposed to be, people get on one of these social trails and they get turned around and then they panic. Yeah. And then the situation, you know, escalates from there. Yeah. I've hauled, well, I say me, but all us gorge rats in particular, we've hauled a lot of people out of here. What do you need to do to be a gorge rat? Well, drink beer, smell bad, hike a lot. It's just a little loose group that got started some years ago that people who came to the gorge a lot and you know they were friends and just kind of came up with it. Kenny is wearing a gorge rat patch on his hat. A little further up the trail we bump into a group of women and they instantly notice that patch. You're a rat. A gorge rat? <laughs> Kenny gives them some directions and advice. Nice to meet y'all. We have to stop and talk to literally everybody we meet on the trail. Hello. Hey, that's my South Dakota friend. That's right. <laughs> I'm Kenny. Scott. Hey, man. My wife, Jay. Hey. Hey, Jeremy. Yeah. Nice to meet you. You get used to the fame. <laughs> At this point, we've been hiking for about an hour. You know, it's it's warm weather, and the, and, and the danger noodles are out. The danger noodles? Yeah. And those, and those will be what, exactly? Uh, timber rattlers. Oh, okay. I'll just yeah. give you the highlights here. We stop at Kenny's favorite watering hole. Tell me again about this spring. I've been drinking out of it for over 40 years. He keeps me from getting lost. Glad you know where you're going, because it just all looks like rocks and grass and burned out tree trunks to me. We take a break at an overlook next to some cliffs. There is a YouTube video out there of a naked guy climbing. After that, we rest for a minute underneath a big rocky overhang. People sleep in that little cave right there, not me. Too many rats. And after about two hours, we make it to the top of Shortoff Mountain. This is it. This is it. This is as good as the view gets here in the south end. Wow. It's, this is incredible. It's like there's mountains, and then there's just a cliff, rocky outcroppings, kind of just about two-thirds of the way up. And then it just descends down into a river that's 1,000 feet below us. So which way is the Sphinx? All right. You're looking north. Okay. Linville Gorge basically runs north to south, starting at Linville Falls. See the rocks, the big the big bank of rocks that's right yeah. there on your right. Well, uh -huh. if you look kind of down between there and halfway down to the river, you'll see a you see this rock that just kind of just kind of sticking it, up. It's by kind itself. of a knob there, yeah. That's the Sphinx. Yeah, what's it like looking at the Sphinx, knowing kind of what happened out there three years ago? Uh, I have a lot of respect for it. It's a hard day. You better go with somebody that's been before, or you're not you're, you're asking for disaster. Coming up, a fateful trip to the Sphinx, and how Kenny helped a friend who couldn't even walk escape from North Carolina's most rugged place. That part of the story, when Away Message continues. Now tell us who you are right there. Hey, I'm Jeremy McQuaddy. Yes, you are. Otherwise known as Carolina's backpacker. And what you doing laying here on the side of a mountain? I f***ed up. Well, I you... can wiggle my toes. Okay, then. all right, let's see if your toes wiggle. Actually, it's all right. like my thigh. You're doing great, man. When we last left Kenny's friend, Jeremy McWaddy, 
He had been blown off a rock face by a gust of wind and tumbled hundreds of feet down a steep slope into the Linville Gorge. When he finally came to a stop, he was unable to move. There's video of this part. How you doing there, Carolina backpacker? Mm. For a man laying on a mountainside. I'm hurting a little bit, but I'm okay. Right, how about you? Here? Who was shooting the video? That was Sean. Everybody calls him Shug, I'm sure. Um, if you've heard of him, you've seen his videos on YouTube. He, he documents a lot of his hikes and stuff. He was a clown for Ringling Brothers and Barn Bailey Circus years and years ago, and uh, he's quite entertaining. <laughs> Down here with Carolina Backpacker, he is one tough gorge rat. Jeremy was in the gorge because he wanted a challenge, but long before this day, he'd been coming to the gorge because he needed to escape. Where are you from? Currently Asheville, North Carolina. Moved here in uh, January 2017 after taking a job with Mission Health in the IT department. So it's oversimplifying to say you're the phone guy. Uh, yeah, a little. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but you can go with that. Yeah, that okay. That'll work. My life is so plugged in. and I mean, IT's stressful, and you only hear from people when something's going wrong. You know, you did the, did you turn it off and turn it back on? What do you do to escape that? Uh, I spend most of my weekends out in the woods, primarily Linville Gorge, anywhere, trails, mountain biking, kayaking, some, a little bit of rock climbing, not much anymore. We'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when did you first go to the gorge? First time was in Scouts, uh, years and years ago. Didn't go back until probably 2008, 2009, you know, and I just kind of fell in love with the place. It's like, it's like a big treasure right here in the middle of North Carolina and for lack of a better word I mean it's spiritual to me being out there and that place is just every time I go there I'm still amazed yeah it snowed on black balls and this stuff man. on May 7th 2016 Jeremy and several other hikers many of them gorge rats set out on a pretty demanding hike most of it off trail now going off trail is not something you take lightly but everybody on that hike had a lot of experience in the gorge and everything was fine and then well, we've had a bad accident up here. Carolina backpacker slipped and rolled down the mountain. I saw him go. And somebody said, Jeremy's gone. Kenny Fleming didn't even see it. I said, what do you mean Jeremy's gone? Where the hell did he go? And he pointed down the mountain. And my immediate thought was, oh, he's dead. He's dead. Nobody that falls right here is going to you know, is going to survive that. And so we got, we, we located him visually, saw him down there, and we saw him move his arm. So I said, okay, well, he's, he, he's alive. So how did he look when, when, he, when you saw him? Dirty, beat up, clothes were torn and tattered. I mean, he had just, he had just fallen 250 feet down, down, down the side of the mountain. You know, it had burned over a lot like this was, and so he was black. What do you do once you, you stop? Staying calm is, it was the biggest thing. I mean, I knew I couldn't, I knew panicking wasn't going to do anything for me. And I remember before I started, like, losing consciousness in and out, like, I kept repeating my brother's phone number and his name and his phone number over and over again and, and like, who I had the insurance with. And so I, I was trying to give these guys as much information as I could about me because, you know, I, I still didn't know if I was going to make it. From my understanding, there were some um, highliners up on doing some stuff, and they saw it happen, and they were the first ones to call 911, and they called it in as a body recovery because they were like, there's no way anybody lives through this.
How long does it take for help to actually arrive? We knew that was going to be an issue as well. And you guys are off trail too, so you can't just say go down this trail, they'll be there. You actually have to get somebody to lead you to exactly where he is. And that's where, and that's where Navigator came in. That's Navigator right there. He was first on the scene when he came down here, climbed down that mountain. Getting ready to graduate high school, aren't you? Yes. Been running. Uh, came into the scene, him being a, uh, an elite high school cross country runner at that time. We knew that he could get back to, to Table Rock because we knew that they would be assembling at Table Rock Parking because that was the closest, the closest trailhead. They determined that once we got to the two pitches that we had to climb down, they determined it was too dangerous. So we bushwhacked our way through Upper North Carolina Wall and got a visual of everyone. The first two guys, Vic and Wes, when they got there, they come in and the first thing they do is get me, give me some drugs. <laughs> Easy now. Easy now. I done busted my to get up here. Don't be doing no crazy <laughs> Like, it took them, I think it was like four and a half hours before they got to me. Come to find out, I dislocated my, my tibia at the knee and shattered my tibial plateau. And, and come to find out, it was also pinching off the femoral artery, so I was losing circulation down to my foot. And uh, the doctor actually told me that if... I'd have been out there much longer. I probably lost my the lower part of my leg. Give me that bag, that med bag. I'm getting really nauseous. I'm gonna fix that. You gotta hang with me now. You want the med bag? Give me the, the med. Darks. Give me the med bag right now. I don't want him to puke because he could ask for it. So, like, why why couldn't they? Why couldn't you get out of there? Why couldn't they carry you out of there? Well, I mean, I'm 300 feet below the base of the wall. And I mean, it's I don't know, maybe a 60 degree incline. And at the top of that, there's an 800 foot wall. You can't get a crew in there to put me on a board and carry me back out. We were actually thinking if they were going to carry me out, the best thing to do would have been to take me down to the river, cross the river, and go out the other side. That wasn't a good option. Uh, they've called in coordinates for the help to come. Another option I heard that they were going to do was, because it, because it was so windy, the chopper was having some hard times with, you know, lift and everything. I think he lost lift three times. Um, and uh, they were actually setting up ropes to winch me up this 800-foot wall. They were thinking a 16 to 24-hour carryout. No, <laughs> that would have that would not worked. <laughs> That's a rescue copter coming in to get him out. Only way to get him out of here. And it's super windy out here, so they're hoping they got one of their best pilots. And when the Black Hawk got close, that, that we would have to, that, you know, we would need to leave the area because of all the stuff yeah. you know, blowing around and all that there. All right, the guy is down by Jeremy now. And I do know that, like, from the guy, Phil, who, um, who was attached to me as I rode the cable up, he, um, he had on earphones, you know, and he's hooking us into the, into the basket, me and him both into the cable. I'm in the basket. He's, like, standing there beside me. He's kind of steady in the basket. And he told me, he, he hears over his thing, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. And he said he was getting ready to unhook us from the cable. And we just took off. And we kind of just went popping through the trees because he just had to get back out over there, over the river. And, and I think Phil said we were, we were midair 500 feet above the river at that time. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he told me that's the highest he's ever been suspended below a chopper up until that point in time. Backpacker, man, you were one tough mofo today. You proved it. You're a gorge rat. It's an honor to sit by your side. 
get ready to get the ride of your life. Better than Carowinds, my man. Sometimes the gorge just reaches up and smacks you, but you'll be back. I've never seen a man roll over a cliff like that. Have you ever seen the event report? No, I haven't. You have to show me here. I'll have to show it to you. Awesome. So it looks like I mean it looks like from from this it was you were out there six and a half hours until the chopper got there, and that was actually we were actually pretty lucky because they were actually already in flight training that day. So I got to the hospital at seven thirty six that night. So it's a long time to be out there. They can't. They had made enough dope to make that thing not hurt. <laughs> And then I was in there for, I think I was in the hospital for 12 days. And I was in rehab for another, sometime in July. Straighten the leg. And then leg lifts. And uh, came home, went home, stayed with my mom. And still in the wheelchair, still was not allowed to put weight on my leg for a couple of more months. And first day the doctor told me I could, like, get out of the wheelchair and do all that stuff, I was up on the crutches <laughs> and then when he told me i could drive i was like mm. <laughs> big moment in the journey no more leg brace you know when you when you were you know i, I kind of laid up for a while and you know like hiking had been such a big part of your life and hiking in the gorge had been a big part of your life and then was there a moment where you're like oh my gosh what if i can't do that anymore going back i just thought of this like my mom told me, like, and I don't really remember this, but like, in the ER that night when I got to the hospital, there was a, there was a point in time where we were just waiting for them to get me a room. My mom said I was just kind of staring up at the ceiling. She looked over and said, "Son, what are you thinking about?" And I said, "I'm plotting my return to the Sphinx." You know, he was in, he was, you know, he was in rehab for, for a long time, and and then the combination of the rehab, the depression, all the pain medication that he was on, and you know, he could have very, he could have very easily. You know, went the other way and just, you know, so, well, hell, I'm just going to, you know, this is the hand I've been dealt and this is what I'm going to deal. But no, he wasn't going to do that. Yeah. yeah. His mental toughness was, 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 was amazing. What did you think when he said, I want to go back to the Sphinx? Well, I had, helped, I had trained with him after he got the knee replacement and I wasn't, I wasn't sure that he was ready. Uh, he wanted me to go on that trip. To, to the Sphinx with him, and I was just not, Jeremy, I almost saw you die there once. I said, I'm not, I just, you know, I, I don't know if, I don't know if I can handle it. And, and so fortunately, you know, he was with a, with a, another good crew of friends that were experienced and, uh, and uh, they got him back there. And I think he's, you know, he's, he's made peace with it now. I said, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to do that again. The whole first part up until the tree climb, until I got to the top of that where I got blown off, I felt like I was going to throw up all day. <laughs> I was just nauseous. I did not feel good. And you're looking at that wall that you got blown off before, and you're like... While they were up there rigging the you know, the safety rope and all that, I was just kind of sitting there like, oh, my God, dude. <laughs> How did that happen? And I'm like, wow. And then, you know, looking down to the left, because, I mean, there's nothing there to stop you. I mean, you go, you're gone. And I'm just like, whew. And, you know, I can feel I'm starting to sweat a little more. My aspirations and kind of, you know, breathing a little heavier and starting to shake a little. And I'm like, oh, no. And then, you know, you just kind of say, okay, let's do it. You know, just 
I, I've got to do this. For me, I've, I had to do it. You know, it was just something I had to do. I was, I was obsessed with it. Yeah, totally. Once I got up there, I kind of burst into tears, gave some hugs, and then I was fine the rest of the day. The big elephant in the room, I guess you could say, was that that hurdle was over. You know, I, I'd done it. I'd gone back, I'd faced it. And, you know, that was a driving force for me. Like, I, I, I can't think of anything else in my life that I thought of that much, except for getting better and getting back to the Sphinx. Like, after that happened, I'm actually getting better and I'm actually continuing to get better. I get really depressed. And so I've seen some therapists or whatnot, and they're like, this was your life. You know, for two years, it was all of a sudden, it's like, what do I do now? I quit hiking. I barely went out. And like last year, for about six months, I, I battled a bad case of depression pretty hard. So this year, I was like, you know, I just got to thinking about it towards the end of last year. I was like, I mean, where do I feel the best? And I was like, out hiking. All right, here with my favorite unknown Sherpa, who has busted me out of uh, rehab for the day. And for those who think we're kidding, I'm not. I am going to the Limpa Gorge. Right now. Right now. We're here. Just uh, spent the last 10 minutes just uh, looking back the other way at the fall area. I lived it and it's still amazing. Good to be back. Messages, a production of Our State Magazine, an employee-owned company that's been celebrating North Carolina for more than 85 years. You can get $5 off a year's subscription to the magazine just by heading over to OurState.com, click on subscribe, and use the promo code AWAY to get $5 off a year's subscription. It's our thank you for listening to the show. This episode was produced by me and James Michkowski. Elizabeth Hudson is our editor-in-chief. If you'd like to see more pictures and videos from the rescue, We've posted them in the show notes for this episode on our website, away.ourstate.com. Our closing song, Baby's Got the Blues, is by H.C. McIntyre, a terrific singer and songwriter from Durham. And one last thing. If you're stuck in the Linville Gorge, vices kind of go out the window. Now, when you're laying on the side of the gorge... Nothing helps you like a little bit of a Marlboro Light. A little bit of nicotine. All right, take it easy on that knee there.
And I noticed in the video, I got the raw video, somebody gave Jeremy a cigarette. You're like, well, here you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, there again, you know, if this fall didn't kill you, this Marlboro's not. And... <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with another new episode of Away Message really soon. I'm Jeremy Markovich. Thanks for listening.